House of Panem International, welcome to our broadcast. Be blessed. I believe all of us made a choice. We made a choice to come to the house of the Lord. We obeyed his word. Clap hands for yourself. You, you, you did a good thing. All right. Today, uh, please forgive me. I bring the classroom into the house of the Lord. I'm not a preacher per se, but I'm a teacher. And today we're going to talk about the seven responsibilities of a Christian. Seven being perfection. So if we take the seven steps, the responsibilities, I think and I believe you'll be what God made you to be. Um, salvation is a beautiful thing, right? It's a, it's a wonderful thing that we get from, we obtain from the beginning. Once we gather it up, we start to walk into what God has prepared for us, what God has chosen for us. And, you know, you, you, you get to attain responsibilities. You don't walk unnecessarily so. You accept God as your personal savior. And then there are terms and conditions. When you buy your phone, they say terms and conditions, right? God has also those terms and conditions, right? So what is a responsibility? We tend to do things without understanding. Please forgive me. I'm not trying to judge, but we're trying to correct one another. We're edifying the body of Christ. Amen? So a responsibility is a state of accountability, right? God says you are my son, and as you attain his sonship, there are responsibilities. You attain duties. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of Christ. Okay. The obligation, a responsibility is the obligation to carry forward to complete a task successfully. Now you have duties. You have to fulfill them. Let's go to the first responsibility. Adopt and live the statutes of God. You adopt the lifestyle. We are not God. We want to be like him. So you adopt what he says. Right? When you adopt something, you're saying it belongs to you. You are taking it forward amongst your, your DNA, your culture, per se. So the laws of God are meant for people to worship him and obey him. God put responsibilities and statutes. God put statutes and commandments to have order in his kingdom. We don't behave somehow. We are separating ourselves from, from somehow to something. Something that is like Christ. Amen? Now, he gave us commandments to establish obedience and order in his, in, his, in his kingdom. And as Christians, we first agree. We agree. When you say, Lord, you're my personal savior, you're agreeing. Also agreeing with the laws. Right? As Christians, we first adopt the laws. And then we read the word of God. When we read the word of God, it becomes our thoughts. Once and again, you say, let me... Read the word of God. You think about it because it's giving you something. Isn't that so? Yes. Now those thoughts become habits. 
Your wife says, you have a habit of reading the Bible at eight. You're thinking about the Bible. You're thinking about the word of God. Thoughts become habits. Our habits become a norm, right? One of the laws, honor your father and mother. It becomes a habit to honor your parents. It becomes a habit not to steal. It becomes a habit to love your neighbor. Amen? And then, after that, habits become characters. You're a child of God. You have a character to be like him. And after that, the identity is revealed. Who are you in Christ? Are you a prophet? Are you a bishop? Are you everything that God made you to be? Bishop, we, so that I become a pastor, you become bishop. So bishop, please read Psalms 19 for us. Psalms 19 verse 7 to 8. The laws of God. The laws of God, they bestow, they bestow salvation. You are saved. They bestow wisdom. They bestow happiness. Bishop, Psalms 19 verse Seven to eight. Thank you. Our first reading comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 19, uh, verse 7 and 8. It reads as follows. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Amen. Amen. From the scripture it says, making the simple what? Wise. The law of God makes them radiant. You are polished up. You move from one point to another. Obeying the word of God has benefits. Obeying the word of God puts your life in order. And the obeying the word of God makes your life simple. Amen? Let's go to the second responsibility. Remember there are seven. We're taking them one by one. Second responsibility says, hear and listen, God. Amen? Hearing and listening, they are very similar in terms of definitions. But they are two distinctive things. Hearing is perceiving sound. Can you hear me? Are you listening to me? Hearing is perceiving sound. Listening. Listening is taking what you are hearing, processing it, and then acting upon it. Right? We are hearing Pastor Mdu talking on the mic. Are we listening to him? Or you say, I heard someone was falling on the roof. But did you listen to what was happening from the falling? No. When you listen, you are basically obeying an instruction. 
when you are hearing, you might hear someone, right? Your mother might say, okay, go and do the dishes, but you're concentrating on generations. You're not listening. You are just hearing, perceiving sound. But when you are hearing your mom and listening to what she's saying, you are obeying an instruction. If you go to the book of First Samuel, chapter 3, there is hearing, and then there is listening. Bishop, First Samuel, chapter 3, verse 2 to 10. Let's break it down. First Samuel, chapter 3, from verse 2 to 10, reads as follows. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his, in his usual place. The Lamb of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Mm. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at, other, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Amen. Amen. Samuel was still growing up. Grew up, he was consecrated to the temple for the life of Christ. Amen? And he is being established in the word of God. Now, Eli understood what was happening, but Samuel did not. Samuel was hearing, but not understanding what was happening. God wanted to convey a message. God wanted to speak through Samuel, but he did not understand. He's hearing but not listening. Now, Eli understood that for this message to be conveyed, the boy needs to what? He needs to listen. Right? This is hearing. Now, as I said, when you listen, you take the information, you process it, you act upon it. Let's go to the, the very same chapter from verse 15 to 18. Bishop. Verse 15, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you. Be it ever so severely, 
if you hide from me anything, he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Amen. So now Samuel listened to God. God spoke to him, conveyed the message. He processed it, but he was afraid to speak. Amen? He listened to God. But Eli understood that, okay, he had God, he listened. There is the message, but he has to act upon it. It was a moment of teaching, right? When God speaks, open the ears. Be attentive. Listen to the word of God. After that, act upon it. Eli understood that, okay, for the message to be, because we skipped some verses there. I will encourage you to go and read chapter 3. God had already spoken something on the family of Eli. But now he wanted to convey the message to confirm his word. But that can only happen when someone is listening in the right place and hearing God. First you hear and then you listen. Amen? It is your responsibility to hear and listen God. We are taking so many places, we are going to so many places trying to consult. Sometimes God is speaking to you, but you just want the next person to tell you, why don't you trust God? Be attentive. Open this, listen to God. It is your responsibility. Amen? Number three. Let's go to responsibility number three. Pray fast without ceasing and conduct fellowship. Amen? It is our responsibility to pray, number one. It is our responsibility to fast, number two. It is our responsibility to conduct fellowship. They don't say, they don't say the body of Christ for nothing. The body works for one purpose, to glorify God. The body works each individual part in its own capacity, doing what it is called to do for. Amen? Now, prayer is our signature move as Christians. It's our one move. It's our one move. We pray. When we thank God, we pray. When we eat, we pray. When we are tired, we pray. When we are petitioning, we pray. When we are interceding, we pray. When we are blessing, we pray. Amen? So it means if we treat prayer like square meals, our spiritual man is healthy. Right? We like to eat. Treat prayer as eating, breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, 12 o'clock snack. Do that. Don't we wake up at 12, uh, ransacking the fridge, looking for something? How about we do that with our prayer? Wake up at 12, pray to God, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I come at 12 for certain things. There is overtime. God allows overtime even though it's not a cup match. In soccer, it's league ends at 90 minutes. If it's a cup match, there's extra time. God allows that. Extra time. Go and pray. There's no limit to prayer. Amen? Amen. Prayer means a lot of things. Petition. We petition to God through prayer. Thanksgiving. Repentance. Intercession. Deliverance. We get delivered by praying. Romans 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation. Continue steadfastly in prayer. 
Whatever that you go through, in prayer. Good times, bad times, prayer. James 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another. That's where the fellowship comes into place. Fellowship. Fellowship is when we are meeting for a common goal. Right now, we're in the house of the Lord. The common goal is to worship God. But now, if we are just doing it randomly, so as strangers, there's no edification. Amen? We need to come and encourage one another and say, okay, see, sister, I prayed. And God answered my prayer. I said, can it? Yes. He answered. And then we get encouraged that God answers prayers. Amen? When another, when we, we testify to one another, we are not trying to boast to one another and say, I can pray better than you. But we're trying to testify with our own mouths that Jesus Christ died, did it for me. Right? In Acts, obviously, we all like that one, that verse in Acts 2 where we are breaking bread. It's not always about that. Fellowship is more than that. It's building relationships. If I pray for a person, then I know that, okay, we have something in common now. We are buddies in something. If I pray with Bishop about something, then we are building a relationship. If I go to my mama and they say, pray for me to get a suitable wife, we are building a relationship. When I go to Pastor Mjoy and say, pray for something, a piece of land, I want to be a farmer, we are building a relationship. Now, when we come and pray together, holding hands, praying to God with a common goal, edifying, right? Confessing to one another, right? That you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Our steps, let them be ordered by God. Amen? Responsibility number three, we're done. Responsibility number four. Remember, there are seven. Number four, guard your mouth and tongue. It is your responsibility to guard your mouth. This is a non-aligned body part, the mouth, the tongue. The tongue is non-aligned. This can only breathe the nose. The ear can only hear, hear only. Cannot eat with my ear. The tongue tastes if you want it to taste. The tongue can speak if you want to speak. The tongue is the power to destroy and build, to blaspheme or adore, to teach or criticize. So it, uh, it is according to your character, how you want to use your tongue. Do you want to blaspheme the word of God? It's up to you. God gave us a choice. God keeps on knocking, but he knocks at the right doors. Clean doors. Guard your tongue. The tongue is a non-aligned body part which can be assigned depending on your character. Proverbs 10 verse 19. In the multitudes of words, fruit salad of words, there is sin. Sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is what? Is wise. That's Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitudes of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Option. Choose to talk when it's absolutely necessary. Good morning. Yes, good morning. 
That's it. Don't talk too much. Don't talk little. Talk what is necessary. Cut your tongue and focus on hearing God. God cannot speak to all your people. Whoa, 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 He cannot talk to you. That's why he created conversations. Good morning, Apostle. Hey, good morning, morning. Then we cannot converse. If she's talking, I'm talking. There's no communication. Same applies with God. How can God talk to you when you are also talking? Maragoda, you didn't give me this and that. He wants to say, go to the nations. You are busy complaining about the car that you don't have. You are busy complaining about the money that you don't have. Our speech, ladies and gentlemen, Bazalwan, brothers and sisters, our speech must be precisely constructed to indicate what is the revelation saying. When you speak, now it is your responsibility to learn the languages. The country has how many languages? Eleven. Be proficient in one. God speaks all of them. Now when you speak, speak what is necessary, what God has revealed. Don't speak it amiss saying, I cannot speak. When Moses couldn't speak, God made a way. When you are stammering, things were done. It is your responsibility to guard your mouth and your tongue. Speak what God says. Amen? Amen. Bishop, let's read Proverbs, 20, uh, Proverbs 17, verse 27 to 28. We close the part your tongue. Amen. Proverbs 17, from verse 27 and 28. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Amen. Amen. That scripture speaks a lot. Even if a fool sits among intellectuals and he keeps quiet, they will say, this guy is also amongst us. He's wise. He didn't say anything. He was, um, you see, when we are doing this, um, he didn't say anything. He's considered wise. Guard your tongues, Bazalwan. Responsibility number five. This one, I like this one. Established, establish a Christ legacy in your family. It is your responsibility to do that. Establish a Christ legacy in your family. Now, some, they are fortunate. The whole family is saved. Then we focus on other things. Some are unfortunate. When they get saved, it's like they are rebelling against the whole family. But still, regardless of that, establish a legacy of Christ in your family. When you get saved, it is your immediate priority to ensure the rest are saved. It becomes your responsibility. You chose Christ, terms and conditions. Didn't we agree at the beginning? So these are the terms and conditions. Earthly treasures are necessary. Trust me, they are necessary because we are of the earth. Isn't that so? We need basic commodities. But they are not priorities. Heavenly treasures are necessary, are essential actually, and should be prioritized. Where am I going in this? We shouldn't build our treasures on this earth. The scripture says, do not build your treasures where on earth where the thief can come and just take. 
which means your legacy shouldn't be earthly based. Yes, it's necessary to leave something when you pass on. It's necessary, but it's not a priority. What should be a priority is the heavenly legacy. That is your responsibility. You should, you will be, okay, let me just be a judge, just for one moment. You will be considered a failure if you die and leave money, but you don't leave the scriptures and the foundations to your children. Because those things, they can quickly depreciate. There's no depreciation on things of kingdom, of the kingdom. Right? Do not build treasures on earth. Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. We do not have to go there, right? But it's a scripture that you can read at home. Do not build your treasures there. But God reaches are eternal. And where, that's where our eyes should be. Eternal things. Right? We should create a family dynamic based on kingdom principles. The Ten Commandments. Your foundation, check the foundation. Is it good? Is it good? If it's good, then you live in it. Then your children will see. Children, they see things, they copy and paste. Families, when they see, they copy and paste. Nobody doesn't like a nice thing. Isn't that so? Now, it is our responsibility to raise our children in the right way. Psalms 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty works. Right? Because we are leaving them. We are leaving those works that God has given us. Now, it is our responsibility to do that. To ensure that when I have an offspring, they must be hammered with the Ten Commandments. The foundations must be right. We must separate ourselves from what our forefathers did. And then there must be sustainability. Not deviating from what we have gathered. Salvation is one thing that we don't want to lose. It will be like a waste of time. Once you get saved and then you uh, go back to your vomit, it's like a waste of time in my opinion. Sustainability. Also love your neighbor. That is a family legacy. We are not living in isolation. Love your neighbor. Children must also learn that. It is the second most important commandment. Before the Ten Commandments, love your neighbor. Mark 12, verse 31. Amen? Responsibility number six. Responsibility number six. Align your ministry purpose with what? With God. With who? Sorry, God. You cannot just be going this way. God says, go straight. You are deviating left. Because now you think you are too clever. You think you are smart enough. You might be intelligent, yes. But align it with what God has called you to do. Don't just do things because you know or feel like it is the right thing. You know, these days we have feelings. You know, I feel like, you know, if I take aloe vera and do this, you know, I feel like I'll have a good skin. Yes, it's good. I feel like, you know, if I tithe now and then I don't tithe next month, I feel like God will understand. Did he say so? Did he say that you understand? You know, I feel like I'm being judged if I don't do this. Are you aligning with God's word? Do you know what God has spoken? 
I've noticed that we just walk without equipping ourselves with the word of God. That's why we put the statutes at the beginning. When you have adopted what you are actually going to use as a global positioning system, in this case, God's system, you know where you are going, what is right, what is wrong. What type of prayer to embark on at which moment. God knows everything about us. He said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. It is your responsibility to then come back to that preset knowledge. He knew you. You didn't know him. So now go back to him. Align yourself. Right? You are born. When you are born, you go through self-exploration. You explore yourself. Okay. Ammonia. Okay. It's good. Self-discovery. I'm discovering the world is evil and wicked. Self-acceptance. I think I've accepted that I want to follow Christ. After all of that process, alignment. Align yourself. Align. Alignment. Will alignment. Don't want to be walking like this. Alignment. Now, when we discover ourselves, we are discovering our identity. We perform the best of our works. You are not sure whether you are coffee or tea. If you are neither, then you are good. You know that I'm just juice. I'm walking like this. Now, our God, our works need to be aligned so that they glorify God. That is the purpose. The works of your hand, they must glorify God. You are a child of God, isn't that so? He blesses the works of what? Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do all of this to glorify God. The whatever part is limitless. Because we do whatever these days. No mind. Whatever. Isn't that so? Whatever that we do, we glorify God. Whoever you speak with, glorify God. Whatever that you embark on, glorify God. Whatever that you are buying, glorify God. Whatever that you want to do for someone, glorify God. Wherever that you are living, glorify God. Amen? Amen. The last one. The last the last responsibility, you cannot save two masters. Never. You cannot save two masters. You cannot be worshipping other things and then you come back and do this. You are mixing. It's not possible to drink cappuccino and coffee in the same cup. Is that possible? Can you drink tea and juice at the same time? When you serve God, everything you do, you act on his behalf. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are a soldier. You pledge allegiance. I'm a child of God. I know who I am. That song, right? That person, when she sang that song, she, she knew exactly. I'm walking in power. I'm walking in miracles. I live a life of favor. For I know who I am. I'm serving one master not two masters. When you serve one God, you are set apart. Right? Okay, okay, these ones, 
these are goats, right? Those who grew up in the village, they say these are goats, these are sheep. They cannot be in the same. Can they be in the same? Those who grew up in the villages, can goats and sheep be in the same crawl? Same with God. He separates us from what is not his. What is not his, God doesn't care. He doesn't even think about it. He only cares on what he wants. God is a jealous God. That's why he's setting apart. His possessions are his. doesn't like to share. Let's adopt the same. You only have one master. Serving two masters contradicts your personality. You don't know who you are among we don't know. We should ask you. It dilutes your identity. We don't know. They'll be like, hey, hey, I don't know. People do that. I don't know whether this is a Christian or a person of the earth. You have diluted your identity. We don't know. We can't define you. Thirdly, it delays your destiny. God says you're supposed to be minister of education by 2020. But you don't know. You are busy doing engineering that you are not called to do. You have diluted. You have dis- delayed your destiny. You are not saving one God. If you save one master, everything else is clear. If you save one master, there are only one set of rules to listen to, to follow to. There are only one set of commandments. There are only certain things that you do. There are certain practices that you do. You cannot be you cannot be doing different things at the same time. If you serve two masters, you portray an image which is nameless. That image we don't know what it is. It's there's mixed masala. On one part, they're trying to, to put the face of God there. On the other part, there's something else that wants to cut. Because we are now fighting for domination, right? And you are unidentifiable. You drift and wander. We are going there. Two steps forward, three steps back. You are saving one altar. This altar says, thou shall not steal. Or, I'm a jealous God. You shall not have any other God. And this other one says you must kill a goat, right? So now you go there, you, you are saved, you do FBP, you are good. And then when you go back, you are going back to the very same thing that you have divorced. You are divorcing. Say, I don't want you. I don't need you. And then you move forward and say, but I feel like I miss you. Contradicting yourself. Delaying your destiny. God gave a clear instruction. Let's read the instructions. And I close. Let's read the, the instructions very clear. Exodus 20, verse 2 to 6. Bishop, let's read, let's read that with understanding. God gave a clear instruction for us to follow. The last uh, scripture comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, from verse 2 to 6. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth, on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, I am a jealous God punishing 
the children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Amen. Amen. So, serving two masters is a punishment. You will be punished for it. You may not bear the consequences, but your offspring and the generations to come, they will bear the consequences. I don't think that's what we want for our children. What we have taken from this scripture is clear. God is a jealous God. He doesn't want to share you with anyone. So, do the same. Don't carve out any idol. Idols don't necessarily mean they are made of wood. Idols can be even in the thought. The idol is here. Right? We're supposed to focus on Christ. You are busy thinking of something else. What is making you not to focus on Christ? What is making you to save your thoughts? You can also be a slave, a slave to your own thoughts. Slave to your own habits. You just wake up, don't pray. That's a bad habit. You just don't save one master. You don't do one of the responsibilities. Pray. Who are you serving? It is our responsibility to sustain the call. We have taken up the responsibility to follow Christ. God has a will and God has a purpose for you. It is up to you to rise to the occasion. Rise up to the challenge. You are a soldier for the kingdom. You are a champion for justice. Stand for the truth. Stand for what you believe in. Give glory to God in whatever that you do. Persevere. There is always a reward in doing things of Christ. There is always a crown, per se. Your treasures, they are waiting for you in heaven. Endure while you are here. Right? Agree with the accuser. Matthew 5.25, if there is an accusation, agree. Pray for your, never stop. You see, the one for neighbors, I like it. If they are the noisy neighbors, pray for them that they may be as silent as the wind. Yes, it's possible. Charity begins at home, Mazalwan. It starts in your own house, and then it spreads. The home now spreads to the next, who is your neighbor. But I wanted to just share these responsibilities and say, God loves a child that listens to his word. An obedient son. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I bless you. Amen. listening, subscribe to our channel. Stay blessed.